are we really? I'm Perry. This is in plain sight. And to my right, star of all things Blaze TV, the one and only Mr. Brandon Steele. Oh, there it is. This, uh, we finally got it. We got the Michael Prophecies. He finally did it. Book two, part two. Right in time for Pride Month. <laughs> it was right on, uh, right on target. This book, um... I think this book did more psychic damage to me than any of the previous ones. I mean, at a certain point, ingesting the thoughts of a man in the midst of a severe manic spiral. It's poison. Yeah, you would assume that would, logically speaking, corrupt people. That's why they won't (laughs) release that one manifesto. I want to start, like, some sort of mesothelioma-style class action lawsuit against David on behalf of the readers. Because Just sue him for emotional damages from his book. Like, you know how, <laughs> like, you know, no, well, you know how acts is how you frame it. How when people, like, get fries that are too hot from McDonald's, like, yeah, you yeah, burn, spill it on themselves. Yeah, you yeah. burn my tongue. Be like, dude, I bought that book and it you fucking. You broke my head. <laughs> you broke my head, dude. Well, in this book, what he does. You shouldn't have ever served it that hot. <laughs> you shouldn't have served it that crazy. In this book, what he does is, in a lot of the previous ones, for the most part, the prophecy was in the form of that thing he does where he just says, like, random words and then decides what they mean. Yeah. Uh, this, there was a lot of dreams and, like, 10 to 15 pages at a time of see, dreams, it's, it's and another, his dreams don't make sense. It's another reason I recommend people smoke weed. You stop that shit. Yeah, you can get rid of your dreams. And That's then, why I couldn't take melatonin, because it got too weird. It does, uh, you know, it can do that. It it got, will, it'll freak like, you out a bit. I don't need to sleep that deep. I want darkness, not a novel. <laughs> All right, we, uh, we're we pretty deep into this book, so I feel like we should almost reset and try and give a, a brief overview for people who are Last just jumping in. on Dragon Ball Z. Because we're what? We did we did four episodes for the first book, and I think two episodes on the... Yeah, yeah so there's, there's about two. <laughs> there's already like eight hours of content on this fucking book. All right, for those not familiar, David now, Wilcock... Is this technically the end of the trilogy of part two? Oh, no, part two has five parts, right? No, no. So book one, it was the one book. Book two, two books. Book three, also two books. So okay. this is book three of a five-part series, or part three of a five-part series, rather. He's literally just doing a half book at a time. So what uh, what this book contains and what all the books have contained is at some point in, I think, 1997, 98, 99, David uh, would do his sort of channeling thing where he lived and he would uh, speak to the, the spirits who he's now deemed to be Archangel Michael, yes, the one from the Bible, and Saint Lucia, um... And he is he, he wrote down all these channeling sessions, and now he has decided that those channeling sessions time loop into the present. So 1997, yeah. 8, 9 are actually 2023, 4, and 5, or I'm sorry, 2, 3, 4, I believe, because the yeah, world yeah. will have ascended by 2025. Now, where things get more complicated is he has frequently decided when his prophecy is wrong that that just means there was another time loop in there somewhere. Yeah. So sometimes 1997, 98, and 99 actually track onto the year 2001, like 2012, and also the present timeline. Yeah, so he really figured a great loophole for hindsight. Reality has basically collapsed in upon itself, and I think that's why it was so difficult to read this book 
is I just I don't think linear time exists in this uh, this space anymore. Dude, he's been isolated so long. He's literally existing in a different form of time. It's David experiences time different than the rest of us. Well, you know what also really fucked me is this book just came out on Tuesday. Usually I give myself like a full week to read it and kind of process it, put together my notes. This time I wanted to bang it out. And then, of course, in my hubris, he puts this book out and it's the longest one. <laughs> so I've, I've read, you know, I, I went through and annotated basically 600 pages of Wilcock in three days, which is... It's too much. That it exceeds the recommended daily dose. That is over. That is the LB50 I mean, of Wilcock. That's the biggest shift in his writing style is like the first two books was a lot of numbers and math. He obviously yeah. didn't understand, but it was numbers and math. Yeah. Then it just start, started devolving into like manic diatribes. Yeah. And we get shit about the brain. Okay. Enough talking about it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. So let's, uh, let's get to it. And of course, he starts this book with four author's prefaces. <laughs> so we get, he had, I think, five for part one of book two. So in the middle of book two, he's decided to insert four more author prefaces. That makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that tracks. Sense. All right, author's preface, part one. This is when I, I literally, the first sentence, I knew I was in for a doozy because the first words, quote, the great awakening is a planet-wide understanding <laughs> that the pillars of our society, including government, media, finance, sports, and medicine, are in lethal collusion. We may laugh and joke about it out of a morbid sense of gallows humor. Either way, facts are facts. We are all going through a global near-death experience. Q, oh, no. back in a big way. Oh, no. And in fact, he, he kind of hints it Archangel Michael being Q to some extent. He's devolving. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad, dude. Uh, we get some nice, uh, you know, commentary on uh, divide and conquer tactics off the bat, too. Quote, this powerful group of known oligarchs have targeted the black and LGBT communities in America for a unique, fascinating, and deadly social experiment. And then from there, I thought, I was really worried at first. We're only like five pages in at this point, and then there was... This next part, which made me think he was going to go on like a Nick Fuentes arc, because <laughs> uh, he says, quote, as of 2011, we had definitive scientific proof of a vast hidden interlocking directorate that secretly controls the majority of all money earning businesses on Earth. <laughs> nope. Credit where credit's due, he did not go off on uh, the Jewish people. No, no, he didn't mention the banking clan. Although, at several <laughs> points during this book, he says something that sounds vaguely anti-Semitic, and then he has to add in his own notes, being like, I don't hate the Jews. I don't know what to tell you. Nah, David's, yeah, he doesn't hate the Jews. It's just their fault. Yes, yeah, so he, he just notes that 147 mega corporations do earn 80% of the profit. He doesn't say anything about the religion or the ethnicity of anyone involved, but... Okay. You know. I mean, it, look, you know what he's talking about. Uh, according to David's insider Jacob, the Templars and the Vatican have worked out some sort of agreement. Uh, he doesn't specify what that entails, but, um, you know, they, they, they fixed their they issues. They did something. Catholic missionaries used data obtained during confession as compromise. So uh, I, I guess they're kind of going the Scientology route with that, the same way they That's use... That's why all the priests were gay? Yeah, the same reason uh, they do the, what do they call it, auditing in Scientology, where they yeah. get people to confess. What well, little boys have you fucked? Pretty much, yes. Um, oh, God. There's... there's a <laughs> <laughs> he works in, in addition to the time loop thing that explains when his predictions are wrong, 
There's other ways he kind of gets around his predictions being wrong. We got, uh, quote, as I write these words, God damn, it's so hard to explain this book. I gotta stop again. Uh, it's important to note he makes multiple passes through the book and adds in notes as he goes. So sometimes you'll get a part where it'll be like, uh, you know, it's a prophecy, and then he has notes from 1998, and then there'll be notes from, like, September of last year, and then there's also notes from, you know, like a week or two ago. It really As, is kind of a book written in multiple timelines. It's that's all. If it wasn't for the fact that it was retarded, that would be cool. It has potential. If it wasn't just pure insanity. He's, he's writing in the abstract. But you get interesting things because stuff like this happens where on the first pass he says, quote, as I write these words, a far-ranging exposure of corruption in the Biden family is expected to be revealed <laughs> to the public <laughs> as of tomorrow, Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. Now, as we all can recall, that didn't happen. So now on his next pass through the book, he comes back in. Now, <laughs> on my next path, pass, it's the 14th, and the media hasn't said a word about any of it. I wouldn't worry about that. You'll be soon hearing much, much more. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. He does a lot of, he, he got really good at the hand wave in this version of the book. Uh, it's not a big deal. Where it's like, yeah, sure, that didn't happen, but something will. Yeah. So, you know, go with that. Uh, David gets back to talking about psychopaths, which is what he did in uh, one of the live streams. I'm going to skip a lot of this as we go along, because there's like two whole author prefaces where he's just like listing parts of the brain and what they do, like a oh, boring I do remember anatomy him tweeting, I remember him tweeting out, he's like, I've discovered 17 different parts of the brain. But it's just... But it's it, like, David, I think they've, they've dissected the brain pretty good there, <laughs> bud. Uh, I'll... I'll talk about it when we get there. Um, he he uh, gets back talking about psychopaths, but of course he has to establish his credentials in this space. He they says, call me gay. <laughs> Quote, I did a master's level internship on Ooh. a suicide crisis hotline as well. That's not even a thing. This is what I also love a about A master's David. level internship? Yeah, yeah, he invents like awards for himself. All kinds of awards. And He's got multiple doctorates from writing yeah, the source like field. Accolades. He comes up with new ways to congratulate himself. Well, and the funny part is most times someone won't be able to call him on that, but I have also done work at a suicide hotline. It's not a master's level course. You just you do training for like three or four weeks and yeah, then you can an do internship. it. Yeah, it's not it's not master's level coursework. Um David has broken down psychopathy into three phases, which is deify, denigrate, and discard. So basically the person worships you, then they take the praise away, and then they discard you. Which We um, would never discard you, David. I was going to say, it's very coincidental that his three phases of uh, psychopathy directly align with his public yeah. suffering. Yeah. Where he was worshipped, and then they we, take that praise away when everyone found out it was fake, and now he's being denigrated. That's how you know our love is real. We'd never get rid of you. We'll just continue denigrating. No, I mean, I, I, I bet I'm... One of like 10 people who've read all these books as of today. Oh, easily. I don't think easily. anyone else is doing this to themselves. No, it's no. purely for my love of David that I subject myself to this nonsense. Uh, new Mark of the Beast has dropped. Sick. Uh, David proposes that the areas of the brain that show up as being maladapted when you do like an MRI of a uh, psychopath's brain, he says those areas, it like uh, represents a unique fingerprint for a psychopath. And he says that fingerprint is the Mark of the Beast. Oh, their brain scan? Right. That's kind of cool. That's I cool. That, I think that's actually his best work when it comes to the mark of the beast, because before it was just like, you know, the vaccine, which I feel like I, I feel like I might have read that line in like a, a Daily Mail article, but it's cool nonetheless. 
interesting you bring that up. One, uh, just to note, one of his like most frequently cited sources in this book is the Gateway Pundit. He's a big fan of the Gateway Pundit. Interesting. That makes sense. Uh, it it also kind of sounds in this book like he's basically framing as anyone who doesn't like him is a psychopath. Because he says psychopaths, That's, that's quote, a good way to go. <laughs> Everyone who doesn't like me is psychotic. Psychopaths, <laughs> quote, are deliberately looking for something, anything about you that can allow them to be angry, to attack you, get you to apologize, say you're sorry, and feel terrible. No matter how perfectly you behave yourself, they will use their imagination to fabricate one false, easily disproven verbal assault after another. And then he goes on to talk about Darvo again, which is deny, attack, reverse victim, and offender, which is what they say psychopaths do to the victim. I'm a victim. He's the biggest victim. He <laughs> is king victim in this book. Uh, he goes on for a while about the psychopath shit. In fact, that's the majority of what all these prefaces are. Um, it sounds kind of like he's airing basically marriage-related grievances. Yeah, that makes sense. He's got he's got to get it out. But he's doing it in this context, or I thought maybe Corey for a while, because he he says shit like this quote: "They may drag out something you argued about many times before. I call this a claim ticket. Nothing you've ever done in the past is forgiven. Now they're angry again. The psychopath always keeps a warehouse of claim tickets against you, ready to be dragged out, rehashed, and re-argued over and over again in mind-numbing detail. I don't." I don't know I who guess. else that could be talking about other than, you know, his, yeah. his wife. I don't know who else is relitigating these arguments with I him. mean, David's so deep into his psyche, he's just accidentally spilling real secrets. And I thought I thought he was talking about Corey because in a uh, passage right after this, he talks about how um, the types of threats psychopath engage, uh, psychopaths engage in often include legal threats or violence, which, of course, you know, Corey is fucking suing He likes everyone. both of those. Um, he does zoom this out a bit and eventually says the deep state performing the, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's not personal grievances. It's, he's referring to the deep state and all this. They're, right, right. They're the psychopaths who are uh, ruining the world and trying to claim that normal citizens are responsible for things being ruined. It still kind of comes across as being a bit personal, though. David makes the case that COVID is an example of the psychopathic world elite because the vaccines hurt people and psychopaths want to hurt people because they hate all biological life. That makes sense. Yeah. And then this is uh, this is where I, I think he's not talking about Corey when he was doing that psychopath rant, both in the book and on the live stream is he uh, there's a portion here where he states that anyone who fights the deep state gets pushback and a, quote, huge taste of fury. And then the citation he provides for that, uh, that, you know, anyone who fights back gets uh, the huge taste of fury. He put uh, a link to the Corey Good Red Torch document that we covered that's on our Rumble channel for anyone who missed that. So I think he's using that Corey's uh, cyber stalking document as evidence that the deep state is attacking those who do, uh, attempt to expose it. Huh. Which I guess would mean everyone included that report is a deep state operative. So congratulations to everyone who made nice. the cut. Way to go, guys. Back on track, David claims that verbal abuse is as bad as sexual abuse. He quotes Hell an article yeah. a about a study. Again, not the study itself. He likes to do this. He quotes an article about a study, and the article states verbal abuse can be as bad. There's no qualitative data provided in this article. Um, it's just that verbal abuse is bad, which no shit. Yeah, duh. But uh, that being said, I'll 
you know, I'll take being insulted over being raped. Any yeah, time. I'd rather you yell, yell mean things at me <laughs> yeah. than um, anally rape me. Than be sexually assaulted? Yes. yes, please. I prefer the verbal assault, sir. <laughs> much, much more. He states that the Trump indictment is the biggest Darvo of all time. Um, also, Trump's CNN town hall, the, the recent one, that was an example of this uh, with, I guess, Caitlin Collins playing the role of the psychopath. Right, right, because she's a mean, na- nasty woman. Now we get kind of a nasty person. We get what we've all been waiting for. David's thoughts on trans issues. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Please be just. I, it, you know what? It'd actually be funny either way. There's no unfunny way this can go. Just so everyone can, I, I don't know how to get everyone the proper headspace to ingest this book because this is still this is author's preface one. Yeah. Of the four. Hell and we yeah. bounced around to all these issues. He's talking about the brain. He's talking about psychopaths. He's talking about sexual assault. And now he's talking about trans shit. This is what happens when your editors aren't real people. Yep, when the editor is just the different versions yeah. of yourself that exist in your head. Your editor's just spell check. All right, so David cites the uh, the Gateway Pundit to say that transgender murders aren't common and the number's decreasing. Nice. He says, quote, the trans community are now told that they are targeted for genocide by straights. When it is <laughs> the deep state that is trying to destroy all life on earth regardless of orientation um i'm not quite sure what he's getting at here it seems don't like you get it they're trying to kill us all stop cutting your dick off <laughs> it seems like he's saying the deep state is promoting these viewpoints well they to... want to kill us all that's a pretty good way to do it i think so i think he's saying the deep state's trying to promote this shit to win the lgbt folks over so they can later harm them because he points this out, he, he says that uh, white homosexual men and women had the highest vaccination rates. And I interpret that to mean that he's saying that's evidence that the deep state is using their agenda the vaccines to Vaccines are them. making them gay? No, they, they vaccinated the gay people to kill them. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think... I like to imagine this all came about because David Googled, am I gay? I saw that. The, yeah. uh, what was it, in Utah? That was like yeah, the most the common highest, search. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to think David is the type who would just Google that. He's responsible for all those searches in yeah. Colorado. It's just him. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm still going to give David a fair shake here. I don't think he's fucking transphobic or some shit. I think the takeaway here is the culture war shit is supposed to be used as a dividing tactic to prevent well, the, the normies from... The thing is, QAnon is... Very transphobic. Well, that's where the issue arises. Like, I want to give the band the and benefit David, of the doubt, but he's associating with a lot of. Uh, well, I don't think David's transphobic. He's just whoever likes me. He's stupid. Yeah, yeah he's or gullible. It, well, it's just like if you like me, then I support whatever you're doing. That's how. That's how he views the world. It doesn't matter what you identify as. What matters is, do you support me? Yes. Do you think I'm the greatest? And if the answer is yes, then it's like, oh, cool. You can be fucking an alligator if you want. All right. So we jump from uh, trans shit to vaccine shit. David states Word. that multiple of his insiders quote uh, were quote led to believe that no one will survive one of these inoculations for more than. Five to ten years under normal biological circumstances. You know what's funny about this prediction is they've been saying that for a while, and it's kind of like global warming and the vaccine deaths are are competing to see who's going to Because it's both like, in four years, we're fucked. It's like, well, who's going to win? Someone's going to win. Who's going to win? I got excited after this part because David said he has um, scientific proof 
that he was going to use to show evidence. <laughs> no, he doesn't have that. He's never going to have that. conducting experiments, fucking pouring liquids in flasks, being like, come on, I'm not <laughs> come gay. Come on, I'm not, not gay. gay. Well, don't, don't you worry. By the time we get into some of these dreams, we will get further revelations on uh, the man's sexuality. But so David, he said that about, uh, you know, five to ten years, no one's going to survive the vaccine, and that he's got scientific proof for this. However, his scientific proof was just him citing his own book, The Source Field Investigation. Hell yeah, dude. Um, this is easily <laughs> one of my favorite things he does because it's so ridiculously narcissistic and also just like in bad literary form is yeah. to just quote entire swaths of your old books acting like that's somehow new proof. To cite your own research, which is shit to begin with, yeah. as proof of a further claim down yeah. the line oh, is... Oh, it's beautiful. There's no one else on the planet that does that. So in that book, he basically says we're going to be able to rewrite our own DNA so we can cure any disease. Um, I know this will come as a shock, but no. No, we won't. Um, no. He includes a passage from Rupert uh, Sheldrake that states retinavir, a drug used against AIDS, has baffled its developers by morphing inexplicably from its original form has continued its pattern since. Um, that sentence means literally nothing. Retinavir <laughs> is uh, typically co-administered with the drug called Nermtrelvir. In this instance, uh, instance, retinavir acts as a cytochrome P453A4 inhibitor to increase the concentration of Nermtrelvir. Uh, we also know that retinavir interferes with the enzyme protease, and through interfering with protease, it prevents uh, HIV-infected cells from replicating. So no, it does not It does not baffle the scientists. It's actually, there's a you mechanism of action that's understood. Look, they got a really bad rap the last few years. Yeah, it's true. They got But they still aren't entirely stupid. No, the someone had to do all the yeah, research. Like they still did the math. None of that matters though. The government is killing all the gays. Hell yeah, uh, dude. I mean that's that was true with AIDS. Yeah, so maybe, you know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Quote. There is no greater example of a matter of life and death at this time than the 94% uptake of inoculations within the LGBT community. Truthfully, many people are now looking at this as a question of wake up or die. Damn. So they're not even getting AIDS? They're just over-vaccinated? Yeah, we're vaccinating the gays just, to kill them, I guess? It just looks like they're getting AIDS? So that, everyone, that is the end of Author's Preface 1. Damn. <laughs> what a, a close. It was fucking hey, action. What about these trans aides? Author's preface two. Audrey Hale, the trans yeah. individual who shot up the school in Nashville. I do fucking want that manifesto so just because they won't give it out, I want it so bad. Well the current the current reason Because she seemed like a wordy bitch, and I I think it's probably pretty interesting. The current excuse they're giving for not putting it out is they say it had like Basically, direct instructions. She was thorough. Yes, she was on very, how to carry it out. She was very thorough, apparently. Although I, I, I can't imagine what it is because it's not like you know it doesn't take a huge leap to understand. Thought, you buy a gun, you shoot people. My thought it. is it's a call to arms. I could see that, or maybe it had instructions some on sort you know of, like making a bomb or something. Yeah, some sort of declaration of like it's time to kill the whites. So Audrey Hale, the trans individual, shot up the uh, school in Nashville as an example of how the deep state media has put out a message that we need to destroy Christianity. Uh, Sick. <laughs> such a fucking bizarre take for a, a crystal again, book. 
born again David be like, we gotta find Lord. <sighs> the deep state is doing this because we can't recognize that God and the devil exist within all of us. So as long as we can't come to this conclusion of universal oneness, we will continue to perpetuate the suffering on Earth, which is necessary to uh, fuel the elites. Uh, I hope David gets deep into the Bible. Oh, he is. He's getting there. Hell yeah, dude. Just reading the Bible. Man. So when I when I outline these books, oftentimes before I pull out a quote, I put I put like a rough uh, sentence to indicate to me like what was going on in the book when I pulled it out so I know roughly the context when we're talking about it. A lot of this shit has no context. Yeah, it's contextless. Like, because I just labeled this ramblings of a lunatic. Um, quote, Christians have anticipated a rapture and many other cultures predict ascension. The huge plot twist from Archangel Michael is that all of us will now experience this. The unveiling of a global evil is our direct trigger for ascension as we realize that the world we thought we knew is a construct. The physics itself begins changing. I don't know Word. what that means. Word. But the physics of the universe is going to change because of the evil that's present. So, I mean, I think he's implying the apocalypse is coming. Yes, but the thing is, the apocalypse and ascension are going to be occurring at the same time, I think. I guess, yeah. We we roughly touched on this before, but I do think he's trying to basically create his, you know, God equation with this book, which is it's just going to work in every possible uh, conspiracy theory. So he doesn't, like, he can't be wrong because it includes everything. That's true. If you take the buckshot approach, you got a wider hit. Now, we do get to kind of give him credit here. David toots his own horn by talking about how he uh, predicted the Silicon Valley bank collapse. Hell yeah, dude. I will give him partial credit, but I before I give him the credit, I do have to point it out. Uh, he did not predict the collapse of the bank. This ah. is what the book actually said. This is uh, from book one, quote, Tombstone, talking about a 70-mile-per-hour wind from every place. Pause for government's actions to be completed. Six missions. Egyptians. Silicon Valley lost 1,515 feathers. Weren't a coincidence on that. So in book one, he interpreted that to be Twitter laying off employees and also said the biggest takeaway is... Uh, 1,515 represents ISIS because nice. 1515 looks like IS, IS. Nice. Hell yeah, dude. So that's what he said in that book. Now what he's saying... Silicon Valley Bank. Well, because Silicon Valley Bank did have $151.5 billion in holding when it collapsed. So the number does match. So you got Silicon Valley and the number. He just, you know, didn't exactly put it together. But... That doesn't matter. He fixes this by saying both those prophecies were correct because time loop. Sick. <laughs> it's the ultimate uh, you got a cop si out. You got a great loophole. Archangel Michael is tied into QAnon. They have revealed similar data about uh, <laughs> Valiant Thor. Uh, do recall in the last book, David said he is probably the son of Valiant Thor. David apologizes for this book being delayed and says, quote, it has been very difficult to finish these books from a psycho-emotional perspective. Um, he was too sad to write. Yeah, this, this may be one of my favorite takes in the entire book. So David claims that the secret space programs do exist. Nice. Even after, you know, the issue with Corey and the whole deposition came out and not so much they don't Forget really exist. Forget about that. That's just imagine that didn't happen. So to, pr to prove secret space programs exist, he cites a Q post and he, he pulls a very cool maneuver here. So the original Q post um, 
is about it's Q responding to a question about whether or not the moon landings were fake. The answer Q provides is, quote, moon landings are real. Programs exist that are outside of public domain. So once again, that's moon landings are real. Programs exist that are outside of public domain. Uh-huh. The move David pulls here in the book, because he doesn't include that. He, he puts his own spin on it. In the book, he just inserts in brackets the words secret space before program. <laughs> so now in the book, it reads secret space programs exist that are outside of public domain. No, he knew what he meant. Which, you know, it's a great move where you just insert the words you need to make the prophecy correct for your purposes. You know, David's got a very unique form of prophecy. Uh, David then goes off on this weird tangent about Mega Anon, who was his version of QAnon. That was the, the woman he talked right, to right, at right. that time. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot that was interesting here. He does claim that Stephen Paddock was trying to kill Trump. I guess who he says was in Vegas at the time. I don't remember that being the case. I haven't heard that before. Uh, the big takeaway from this section is that David reveals Archangel Michael's, quote, time viewing technology was a necessity for the plan to work. And the reason they needed Michael's time viewing device is because the deep state's time viewing devices were programmed to give false information. And oh. that's the case because they got those shitty devices from the Draco reptilians. What a twist. Yeah. <laughs> Their time machine is evil. So that was author's preface. Part two. <laughs> Damn, getting betrayed by a time machine is a rough, rough card. Yeah, and at that point, if it's just a device that lies to you, it's not really a time machine, is it? It's just a no, lying box. No, you're going to look great in five years. <laughs> Author's preface. You won't regret that tattoo. Part three. This is where he really, uh, if there was ever a portion of this book that compares to the pyramid section or the pyramid intersection of and Awakening and the Dream. Just pure ridiculous nonsense. It, it's author's preface part three and four. This is the one I'm going to mostly be skipping because it's just so fucking sometimes, boring. Sometimes he gets so deep in the weeds that it's like, I can't, I can't do this. So he starts this section. He goes over the diagnostic criteria for uh, psychopathy. And then, uh, again, we're going to skip around. I'm just going to pull out what was uh, interesting. Way more interestingly, Pete Peterson told him that the deep state monitors babies who spent between 15 and 45 days in the incubator at birth because he claims, quote, they make great wet workers. They can kill a person just about as easily as you would wash your hands. What? So the deep state. We got killer children. The deep state goes to hospitals and monitors which babies have been in incubators for between 15 and 45 days and then, I guess, keeps tabs on them to turn them into killers later in life. Or maybe has babies. I don't know. Word. Killer babies is pretty fun. Uh, From here, David goes back. He just, he literally just lists parts of the brain and how they're affected by psychopathy just for page after page after page. I don't know what what he thought this added, like that he can say the word hippocampus and explain what it is. I told you, that was his big, that was the big thing he was tweeting about with this book is that he kept discovering new parts of the brain. But the issue with it is it's, so incredibly boring that I can't imagine someone who isn't already familiar with the the Crystal anatomy. Bitches, dude. I can't imagine someone who isn't already familiar with the anatomy would bother to get through that portion of the book. And for someone who's already familiar with the anatomy, it's so fucking rudimentary that it's purposeless. Well, you gotta be an idiot. 
it's pure it's pure vanity. That's the only reason to include this is to make himself feel smart. Yeah, he, well, he thought it made him look brilliant. He's like, I know parts of the brain. What do you know? <laughs> and then uh, he does propose meditation as the antidote to psychopathy at a certain point. Okay. Now we're on to uh, author's preface, part four. David starts talking about the benefits of uh, THC and CBD. Hell yeah, he is getting zooted yeah, again. Yeah, I did write in here. I think that officially confirms yeah, that our... We knew what we were looking at. Our theory that David is uh, partaking Hell in the, yeah. now the great want, mother herb again. I want this video so bad now. He also hits us with one of the most stoned high schooler takes of all time, which is, quote, multiple insiders have testified that cannabis breaks down mind control programming. And Hell this yeah. was a key reason reason why the deep state kept it criminalized for so long. Hell yeah, they'll never control my mind. No, man, the government's just trying to control your mind, Bro, but not letting I'm, you smoke weed, dude. I'm just breaking free, man. Like, I'm <laughs> I, free I of the man's grasp, dude. Blunts, white owl, Philly blunt. Like, uh, come on, man. David, uh, Mainly continues in author's preface four doing what he's doing in three, which is just listing fucking parts of the brain and saying how the basically crazy people have fucked up brains. I don't know why he needed a hundred pages to do that, but yes, people with, you know, literal psychiatric disorders, their brains behave differently. He probably just watched like a documentary that blew his mind. Like a basic like Nova about the brain. Yeah. All right, so he concludes this. Uh, this is the last of the preface here. He finally kind of gets back on track, and we uh, we get hit with quote: "It does appear that hell really exists. That beings we might call demons live there, and that if these entities are successful, they can invade into our own waking reality. Negative entities interfere telepathically with like-minded individuals, sometimes including direct contact. This is the true nature of the deep state as we see it today." So the deep state, I guess, is just uh, telepathic psychopaths. Well, that's a hard enemy to defeat. He does keep, uh, you know, building them up to be incredibly powerful, much more powerful than I'd be able to uh, fight against. I mean, they are the deep state. All right. So that uh, everyone take a deep breath, decompress. That's the end of author's preface, part one, two, three, four. And now we get in to the book, to the actual page one of the book, which is uh, section 11, late June, 1998. Loosh. <laughs> Do you know what loosh is? I had never heard this word before. Loosh? L-O-O-S-H. Loosh. Sounds like Depression-era slang. Quote, Jacob said the lives of the Drago depend upon a steady supply of loosh, the usable, edible energy caused by human pain, jealousy, anger, sadness, and depression. Is it delicious? Uh, I guess for demons it is. Mm. The, these demonic entities require our thoughts of misery to survive. Now, David does note that this is the plot to the 2001 movie Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Ignore which, this. Ignore this. It does seem to be, you know, a very common thing where he just steals the plot. I just found it funny it was from Monsters, Inc. Do you in this know case. I wrote Monsters, Inc.? Well, he also cites the 1927 film Metropolis as soft disclosure of the Holocaust and also serves as a uh, loose roadmap of what we see occurring in society uh, currently. Side note. One of David's insiders, Bruce, said he worked for the Clintons and was involved in cocaine trafficking in Arkansas. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, quote, he told me that all cocaine was controlled by the deep state, supposedly to normalize quality standards, but also to raise significant amounts of off-ledger cash. 
the government is not controlling the quality of cocaine. Yeah, That's have you seen the quality ridiculous. of cocaine these days? It's horrendous. Every batch of approved cocaine had chemical markers in it that told you exactly who made it, where, and when. I love the idea of government-branded cocaine. <laughs> it is very... This is government-approved blow, folks. Such as from various South American drug cartels, street cocaine was routinely tested for any variants that did not have these markers. Those were the people who were then investigated, hunted down, and arrested. I mean, that's obviously bullshit. Every fucking dealer steps on blow. Yeah, come on now, David. This is yeah. a man who's never done cocaine. Yeah, that's that's just silly. Uh, here's how the deep state works, according to, to Insider Bruce, who, who do remember was just like David's roommate at a point. Right, Bruce Lee. Yeah. Quote, in their belief... The greater the fear, pain, and torment of their victim, the greater will be the energy life force transfer implied to the tormentor, wizard, or witch. So mm. you got to torture people, kind of like a, a adrenochrome type thing where they're saying you got to torture and then extract you harvest it. the pain. Right. It's important to remember that, quote, demons can manifest much easier inside a domed or pyramid-like structure where the exotic physics of portal travel are much more easily achieved. A pyramid or pyramid, he breaks it down, Damn. which means fire in the middle, is actually a passive vortex generator for whirlpool-like currents of source field energy that manipulate space and time. Damn, dude. <laughs> and we just thought they were rocky tombs. Oh, this book is so fucking hard to read. It's just <laughs> garbage like that for 600 pages. None of it makes any sense. Uh one of the things the Nazis were able to accomplish, apparently, is that, uh, quote, after 1936, the rules about where you could get demons to appear became much looser. So I guess we can thank uh, Hitler for that, as, you know, he helped us summon demons. Sick. Satan is also a fifth-density uh, negative being, which we've talked about before. But more importantly, at that level, quote, you have both genders fully activated. I don't know why he felt the need to include that. Damn, the fifth-dimension <laughs> beings are trans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Fuck. No wonder. You do know who, I, who, who calls themselves they, them in the Bible? The demons. Damn. Yeah. It was all right in front of us the yeah, entire God time. God told us to be transphobic the whole time. David, I guess, is kind of possessed by negative entities because he notes in this book, uh, quote, almost every time I call any company for customer service, they have baffling computer problems. More interesting to me. Sometimes I laugh about it and tell them the truth. What is he telling these people? I would. Oh, God. Yes, sir. How may I help you with your computer? Well, you see, I'm possessed by demons, and now they're oh, in your phone. Oh, okay. Okay, sir. The demons are in your phone. Okay. Well, have you tried resetting your phone? It's just such a crazy person thing to do. We're like, yes, hello. I know this is Mac tech support. I have demons in my brain, and now they're in your computer. Sir, so, do you know the deep state's trying to kill us with the demons? Uh,. Jacob revealed that 5D negative entity wants Wi-Fi capable nano hardware in the body that allows you to be managed partly through debilitating electrical shocks. Um, so that's part of what the vaccine did, I guess. Hell is yeah, it, dude. it gave us all Wi-Fi, and then at some point it's kind of like a kill switch Damn, or a torture kill, switch, kind of. Killed by Wi-Fi. Uh, the July seventh, two thousand five, London bombings happened in response. <laughs> happened in response to Live Eight, the the concert. I guess what happened is Live Eight brought too much happiness 
and you know the demons can't feed off happiness. It they was need, too gay, right? They need uh, they need depression and despair. Uh, so right. the bombings occurred in order to allow the demons to feast. Got to up the despair ratio, right? They had to get more louche. And then uh, sometimes, speaking of louche, sometimes the cabal kills celebrities when the louche supply is dwindling. And the examples of that were uh, Robin Williams and Paul Walker were killed nice. by the demons so they could feast on the sadness of the masses. And here I thought it was a car accident. Yeah, everyone thought it was a car accident. No, no. it was actually demons. Demons. Uh, the knots. Oh, sorry. Before we get to that, if we can figure out, uh, here's the good news. If we can figure out how to be happy, everyone in the world figures out how to be happy, the loose supply disappears and so does the demons. Well, that's a simple solution. So, Can't ever, just be happy, everyone. Well, we just need all 7 billion yeah. people to be happy Can't and no more issues. Suck it up and smile, folks. The Nazis and the Draco met up in the Himalayas in 1939. And then... Uh, well, after, hello, <laughs> my Fjord After this is when the Nazis moved to Antarctica to carry out experiments on the world of the uh, demonic. Nice. Now, oh God, the it's all, all the... Connect, uh, this book is just so, it's just garbage. It's just a bunch of thoughts that don't connect to each other. Because we go straight from that, we go to the Dracos and the Nazi met in the Himalayas in 1939, to this, which is he's saying we need to, like, shoot our psychic thoughts into bowls. Um, quote, a bowl is therefore a resonant shape that can be charged by the mind to vibrate the consciousness of prayer into its surrounding environment. Once you send conscious, loving intention into a natural, symmetrical object like a bowl, it continues to ring like a bell in time space. Well after you charged it, this provides a protective barrier against evil spirits entering the space. Uh-huh. So you gotta, I guess you sit in your house and maybe surround yourself with bowls, and then you fucking Professor X your psychic energy into the bowl, which acts as some sort of satellite dish to, to further propagate it into space-time. Well, that means David's just spending hours at a time staring at bowls. Yeah, I think <laughs> he's fucking nuts. Yeah, dude, he's, he's fucking lost nuts. It. He's here's, gone cuckoo. Here's uh, one of his dreams. I don't know why I included it in this section. Uh, uh, had a dream. Quote, right as we discussed my potential birthday plans, a group of terrifying and obviously evil people entered into the room. I remember that one of the people in this group appeared to me as Michael Jackson. This, <laughs> this was a, so fucking stupid. This was a version of Michael who was part of an organized criminal gang. They wanted to stalk, torture, and murder people. I saw black men who had painted their faces stark white with a... Uh, uh, no, I thought black dudes Harlem. doing white face. <laughs> As what you would call evil or black. <laughs> I saw I saw black men who had painted their faces stark white with dark eyeliner around their eyes and blood red lipstick. They were clearly there to hurt people. <laughs> David's David's note: This is purely symbolic and has nothing to do with black people. Oh, this is not about race. <laughs> they was, just happen to be black. That was the maneuver I was talking about earlier. Where he says shit like that, and he's like, "Psych, not racist." Editor's note: Not racist. Uh, Please don't call me racist. Oh, another side note here. David is the reincarnation of uh, the biblical David that slayed Goliath. Oh, that's pretty sick. Yeah, he kind of just casually tossed that in there. He's like, lived oh. a lot of lives, dude. Uh, I, I've literally lost track. I think we're up to like nine or ten different Davids. But let's try just for fun. We got 
David. We got uh, Edgar Casey. We've got Rob Ta. We've got Archangel Michael. Yeah. We've got Saint Lucia. We've got um, the the guy who came up with written cuneiform in the post flood Sumerian culture. Yes. We've got uh, did I say Valiant Thor already? No. Uh, I think maybe the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary might have been his mother with Valiant Thor. Right. And now we've got he's a uh, biblical David. Nice. Yeah, dude, that's a lot of living. So, yeah, he's been putting in a lot of work over the uh, the eons here. He's gotten it in, as they say. Now we finally get to some solid prophecy here. There's a passage that says, quote, Without coming to these realizations, it would be like swinging on a lone tire in Chicago. What? David's note. Oh, like a tire swing. Yeah. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot just lost re-election in March 2023 as I finalized this section. She is now the one, quote, swinging on a lone tire in Chicago. Her election loss was likely due to the fact that it's not safe to ride the trains, walk your dogs, or go shopping due to the rioters and looters in Chicago. The crimes in the inner cities is right, bad, folks. Right-wing David is so fucking funny. Oh, it rules so much. Because he's saying things without realizing the the. Rape racist implications beyond them where he's just talking about like black people live in shitholes. Yeah. <laughs> Archangel Michael told me so. No, this, it's not it racist. Is, this is not about race. But, I'm just being honest. But psych, it's not racist. Lori <laughs> uh, Lightfoot actually just got a job teaching at Harvard. No, good for her. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Fulford, of course, gets brought up. Quote, Benj here's here's another example of what we were just talking Benjamin Fulford has many interesting alleged insider briefings shoot through his updates each week. Some of them are clearly disinformation, while others are not. And Ben is Jewish, which does not matter in terms of his reporting data. Or, sorry, and Ben is Jewish, which does matter in terms of his reporting data about Israel. Then, then David Hedges... Let me be clear that I am pro-Semitic, not anti-Semitic. <laughs> I love Israel and the Jewish people. And then he follows that up later by going, quote, I grew up in New York State where there are many Jewish people. We're fully <laughs> integrated there. I didn't even realize any stereotypes still existed until I traveled. Oh, fuck. That's so funny. He has to overcorrect. Look, he's Jewish, and that does matter. <laughs> but I'm not anti-Semitic. It matters, I, but not for Jewish it, reasons. I lo love Jews. Nobody loves Jews more than I do. At this point, uh, I do have to mention <clears throat> that this entire section has been prophecy inserted within the confines of two dreams David had. So that it like it's just long sections of dream, and he threw these in there. Nice. Uh, so I guess I should explain. I'll try and summarize the dreams. In one dream, he was at a fancy party where his grandparents told him to get a job. Then David saw a little, a little girl doing graffiti and grabbed her, and then he saw a lizard demon in a bucket, and someone slapped the lizard, and it turned into Godzilla. Well, David, that's cool. There's a lot of Godzilla in this book. <laughs> I'm not joking. Godzilla comes back a lot. David then runs out of the party, which turns out was occurring in a castle, and he begins telling everyone that Godzilla is going to destroy the building. Of course, no one listens to David, and the scene turns into a disaster, and David wakes up. That was the first dream he inserted all that prophecy into. Second one is uh, David has to take some rope bridge downstairs at some building so he doesn't get trampled at an event where a bright light had flashed. So, uh -huh. uh, yeah. I I include that because I want everyone to know if that whole, this whole section up to now has seemed like an incoherent mess, it's because the book isn't 
incoherent mess. It's significantly yes. worse in that regard than the previous installations. It is. It does not track at all. I mean, it's confirmation he's getting worse. He's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking well, crazy. Not only is he crazy, he's actively getting worse. So David, those keep those dreams in mind. Godzilla, bright flash of light. David branches off from those dreams to say they represent the Chinese balloon scandal. Sick. The Chinese balloon scandal is brought up, it's got to be close to 100 times in this book. To him, that was like one of the most important occurrences that has ever happened. Dude, they flew a balloon over us. He doesn't really explain why for the most part, but... Well, David thinks balloons are anti-gravity tech. Well, he <laughs> he's not terribly wrong. He he inserts this, which is, if uh, quote, if such a balloon had an EMP on it, you would see a blinding flash of light in the skies that went off, and the nuclear demon's tongue was made from a Chinese hot pepper. What? <laughs> I know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, that sounds like a sick line, but I don't... I think he that was talking like about a cool, the dream. It sounds like a cool Japanese proverb. I think in the dream... And the demon's tongue <laughs> was like, made of a hot pepper. I think in the dream, the lizard <laughs> had a pepper to I don't know. But that's what we're working with here. Confucius is a... Man with lizard tongue. Demon with a lizard tongue, hot like a pepper. All right, that's the end of section 11. It will start to make more sense as we go on. I think we'll, for the most part, get out of the jumbled mess when we conclude this section, and then we'll break uh, the rest off into a, a separate episode. So now, section 12, July 1998, part one. And uh, we start off with some uh, good word magic. I love Quote, word magic. Internet and international have almost the same exact letters in the same order. Exactly. And... You can tilt the lowercase e in internet. If you tilt the e upside down, you can make it into an a. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's almost the same as international. Yeah. And then furthermore, he adds, quote, if you think the idea of turning the e upside down to make an a is silly and Michael would never make a coat like that, <laughs> you don't understand Michael. You know, you just don't get it. So take that, you fucking doubting Thomas. You don't know Michael like I do. Uh, he also has research and observatory share many of the same letters. Nice. Which is, you know, when you think about it, that's really profound. That's Dude, that makes total sense. There, I see it. How about there's 26 letters in the alphabet? Like, yeah, words are going to share some of those letters. No, they're, there's they're pretty no, frequent. There's no coincidences. Uh, here's some more excellent prophecy. McCartney, Dodge, the new recruits, David's note. McCartney is very close to McCarthy, the new recruit <laughs> for the Speaker of the House, after Nancy Pelosi had to get out of Dodge. Now in February, the new recruits in Congress are prosecuting uh, the same hearings Michael has been telling us to anticipate and to band together to produce. Some of these hearings should include investigations into Biden's documents, which were hidden in a garage next to his treasure Corvette. The word dodge may also refer to how Biden is trying to dodge this scandal. Stavati also now has a business colleague with connection to the Beatles. The name McCartney has direct prophetic significance in a personal sense. Damn, dude. More prophecy. Quote, the wife of the sergeant will become the commander in chief. And uh, David says this refers to either Jill Biden having to uh, help Joe with basic tasks like you know getting dressed or something or perhaps obama is the wife who bosses around joe damn obama's <laughs> the wife who bosses around joe biden that makes sense 
Uh, Joe Biden, will you get over here and sign this bill into law? Some of these dreams just go on forever, and he gets way too detailed, and he doesn't really provide anything. There's there's a long passage about he had a dream in which he psychically controlled a metal ball and directed that metal ball through obstacles, where it then fell into a pool with no water. And I think a pool with no water is just called a hole. He uh, he said the <laughs> pool with no water represented the vaccines, and also the idea that many more people who took them might live much shorter lives now as a result. Nice. I don't know how he got that from an empty pool, but uh, that's where he, that's where he ended up at. I mean, I know where he got it from the crazy mental illness, in, yeah, the crazy <laughs> yes. inside of his head. Uh, we now loop back around to David dreaming about lizards. David's note: "Quote apparently, then the iguana dream had a dual metaphor. <laughs> in part, it was predicting the possibility of an EMP strike, while at the same time being an indication of my own self abuse and the destruction that it could cause me. Also, we can again be reminded that in the film Godzilla, nineteen ninety eight. An iguana apparently turned into a huge monster through radiation exposure. The analogy is that if we do not take care of ourselves emotionally and learn to love and accept our flaws and weaknesses, we subconsciously empower the negative against us. Nice. Uh, He's a Godzilla. David starts detailing a dream that involves a baby and, and genitalia. It's kind of... That's odd. Well, let me read it. It's a bit weird. David's note. I have deleted some gross details that associated the baby with genital symbolism. It seemed to reflect the trauma Michael says I endured in the parallel life. Who molested me? In this case, the baby was not touched or harmed in any in any way, but his facial skin looked wrinkled in a uniquely disturbing anatomical fashion. So the baby looked like a nutsack. Dude, David's been raped in multiple lifetimes. Ironically, even though Michael directly handed me this idea of having an of having a hybrid ET child, I never even considered it might be true until I am unsealing this now. Damn, David's going to get pregnant? No, I think... I actually forgot I included it. Or is he going to kidnap a child? No, I think David's saying he has an alien child. Oh, he's a deadbeat dad? Who molested me? They all have their way with me. Deserve to be raped? This is a really, really big one. They took David's seed and made his spawn? But this, I think that's, that's the only, I just want to see my kid. That's the only time he talks about it in this book is one question. He talks about how baby's face looked like a nutsack. And he's like, also, I may have my my kid nutsack. (laughs) My kid who's an alien. Nutsack Wilcock. You know what he is? David's mind is just a shitty 80s, like straight to TV movie. Oh yeah. He's Uh, just a Hallmark channel. Yeah. That's all. That's all that's (laughs) playing in his head on a fucking constant loop. Um, David, oh God, he can't stop doing it. He, he keeps bringing up that fucking Japanese girlfriend he had. Well, Did, she heard him. Quote, as I briefly discuss in Awakening in the Dream, I found out that my ex-girlfriend Yumi had been a husband I had murdered in a former lifetime. Uh, or... oh, we actually had part of this wrong. So, you know, let's let's allow David to clear up the situation. That means here. David was a woman, right? Correct. And more than that, uh, David's husband would come home from four days on a fishing boat, very drunk on sake, and he would force himself on him <laughs> without having done anything to clean up. So David's just getting raped by a guy that smells like fish. He's getting raped by his husband. Deserve to be raped. Well, uh, he said it, not us. Um, damn, he really, he really is a victim in multiple timelines. 
Uh, so I think he killed that guy, and then he I immediately fell to my death off of a rope bridge in the rain after running out of the house in grief and terror. I relived that trauma in countless dreams as a child. Damn, David dreamt he was a, a battered wife that got thrown off a bridge. After getting raped by a guy who smells like fish? <laughs> Not just any guy, his, his husband. We've we've mentioned it before. If my child told me that dream, I'd yeah. be like, "Oh my god, his uncle molested him." Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is we brought this up before? How many times can you have these intense dreams about being sexually assaulted before? Maybe it turns out you got sexually assaulted in this reality, not in another reality. Well, and what a way for the mind to just pocket yeah. that, to be like, no, that was a different time. That was a different <laughs> yeah. lifetime. You're good, man. It sounds like he just got raped by a homeless guy who smelled like fish from diving in a dumpster. Oh, he got raped at the fish market. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, no, that was when I was a Japanese geisha. Yeah, no, that's my, what I was My a... very honorable husband. <laughs> <laughs> I was working as a geisha to pay off his gambling debts. Yes, uh, uh, more shocking pro oh this is a good one quote this is like cloud atlas but if it was retarded <laughs> <laughs> oh, more shocking prophecy you want to talk about retarded <laughs> dig this quote that they are this is the prophecy quote that they are completely buffooned by the reality of such a contact the more astute among you will notice that buffooned rhymed with ballooned <laughs> which means it was prophecy of the Chinese balloons. Uh, hey, you know that's kind of almost a slant rhyme? Yeah. Oh, this... All right, I keep saying this may be my favorite part, but this is another... This is this is the craziest thing he's ever done, and I don't know how we had not heard about it till now. Dig this. David receives information on a terrorist attack that's going to occur August 17th, 1998. Hell yeah. This is David communicating with Archangel Michael. Quote, All right. Let's get you to rephrase that again so that we know that this is coming with accuracy. Go ahead. And the Archangel Michael. The ship comes into port on the eve of the 16th or 17th of the month. Its bows are not that of the native naval shipyard. It will possess the frightening elements of society, those who would stay with the object as it is detonated. The month is August. Though this can be avoided, it still may happen. David's note. I ended up calling the FBI right away and reported this. <laughs> I reported this prophecy in my entire story in detail. This got me a very obvious phone tap as a reward. <laughs> so David called oh, the FBI to tell right. them that terrorists oh, were going to bomb the hello, New York port. Hello, is this the FBI? I just spoke with the Archangel Michael. <laughs> They're going to bomb the port. You need to get every agent there now. Do you know how fucking nuts you have to be to call the FBI oh, for that? Yeah, he's on a list. Well, now I, I kind of believe he got put on a list for that. I think if you're calling the fucking FBI to... I would to, hope they keep these people on a list. Yeah, he his phone should be tapped. You don't get to call the FBI and tell yeah. him New York's going to be bombed. Yeah, there's going to be without, a terrorist attack. Uh, um, oh, and, and this, just for fun, I'm going to include a, a full dream here. So everyone can really just appreciate 600 pages of this dream. There was a cycle I kept going through. It was very hyperdimensional, actually. Earliest on was something involving a cartoon character. I'm queuing on an egg shape for this character. My mother was involved. I was joyfully flying around inside a bank with a $200 bill in my hand and a 50. Nadir, mid-heaven. I was so overjoyed to get this money. Even though uh, it didn't seem to be mine, I was practicing the affirmation of already having it and being happy about it. 
David's note. I'm reading this precisely as proceeds from the sale of land in Arizona are being wired into my account, allowing me to afford to finish this book. This is not a coincidence, but one of hundreds of examples of time loops where the material from 1998 reflects the present moment as I edit the book in 2023. Back to the dream. My mother had something she was trying to find, even though she might not have known what it was that she had lost. I was trying to help my mother out, trying to figure out how to help her find these things she was missing. We were looking through kitchen cabinets and stuff. The atmosphere was definitely SUNY New Pulse, where I attended college. College, damn it, college. It seemed that at one point I might have actually turned into a little Eggman who had to roll to get around. David's note: This is another hilarious Beatles reference. The song <laughs> "I Am the Walrus" includes the line "I Am the Eggman." Back to the dream. There was something involving a pizzeria. Someone was working behind the cash register. There was something with drugs that he was trying to hide. He was trying to roll some drug-oriented item into the seam of my baseball shirt. My mother was making progress. The money was all. Almost too big, but I was very happy as I flew around with it. One of the items I had was a $200 bill, so, so he said. We were inside this building. My mother was looking for things she needed from the store, perhaps a spice or something. I realized that there really wasn't much I could do, even though I wanted to help her. I was in some sort of astral ghost-like state as I flew around. She couldn't hear me. David's note. Uh, in 1998, he was afraid that California was going to sink into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the dream. I came out of the house and was walking uh, down the stairs. I seemed to be transformed to an object that needed to roll. The Eggman. As I continued rolling, there was something I was going to use to catch fish. This object was somehow related to finding and getting my food, but I lost it. It flew out of my hand and landed on top of the pond outside. Some people were watching this. I was going to go get it. As I ran up to the object, a fish went up and ate it. Everyone started laughing. I was very surprised. I wanted to figure out how to get it back. I went to the side of the pond. I also seemed to think I was a black man at this point. Hell As I yeah. <laughs> Black guys from Harlem? As I looked in the water, I saw a Chinese teacup lid. It was for some type of jar that was only an inch and a half wide. I found a long stick of bamboo sitting in the water. I was able to reach out, grab the lid, and bring it back in. When I dusted the lid off, it looked Asian, with these red square <laughs> patterns on it. Then I looked to my left. I realized there was a skeleton in the water. It looked like the skeleton of a pirate. It was related to treasure. It was very decayed. I seemed to think that this was a person who fell in not too recently. Then I saw a white tube that looked like a blood artery for the body. I was sitting in the water. Oh, it was sitting in the water right in front of me. The artery was uh, one tube on the right, which then branched off into two on the left. Right as I was looking at it, all these verticals, uh, vertical slits appeared on the artery. Something started cutting it, as though an invisible sea creature was cutting it. I realized how threatening the water was, even though I could see some fish in it. I vowed to stay away from, uh, from it after that point. David's note. The deep state built much of their wealth as pirates through plundering vast amounts of gold out of shipments headed back to Europe. We see China and pirates mentioned alongside the very great graphic image of a blood artery being cut by vertical slits from some invisible attacker. This seems to symbolize the internal damage being caused by the inoculations. In the, he, he won't say vaccine. It's always inoculations. It's got to be technical. In the dream, it was as though an invisible sea creature was cutting the artery. The invisible sea creature is a metaphor for spike proteins. <laughs> That's what the entire book is like. It is 600 pages of that. It's like stream of consciousness, 
But if the stream was nonsense. If the stream was polluted like East Palestine, yeah. that's what the stream is. He's a big fan of the East Palestine thing, too. That's another. The balloon and East Palestine are like the most important things to ever happen to this country. Hell yeah, dude. <sighs> There's a story in here about uh, how David was channeling and heard noise outside and then looked out his window and he saw a guy on a motorcycle like crashed into his apartment. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. This is actually an interesting story. The police show up, and it turns out the guy in the motorcycle is deaf. And uh, David communicates with him by typing back and forth on his laptop. Um, of course, David can't just let the story be the story. So that's a giant metaphor for how David will be used as an intermediary for celestial communication. And uh, he's also a hero because he allowed the police to use the phone in his apartment to call someone. Well, someone had to do it. Yes. Um. David stops a sacrifice. I think this might be the last dream of... Almost. Oh, here we go again. Buckle in, folks. Another David (laughs) dream. Quote, David is correctly ascertaining visions that we are currently putting into his mind commensurate with the facial image of that man known in your X-Files as Mulder. We shall go forward then and allow David to dictate this part of the dream as it indicates our mission as such. Dream. I explored this cave several times, and it was very dark. There was a run-down house inside of it, very much fallen into misuse and ill repair. It seemed that people would go through and party in there. It was definitely a squalor. It was abandoned and pretty trash. Mulder from X-Files was around. The house seemed to have been hit by a disaster. As we walked through the hallway with all this stuff around, a closet popped open. A kid who was younger than my brother, an adolescent, came out. I then realized that the kid had his whole life organized inside this cabinet, towels, candles, and the like. This kid also looked like he was scrounging and hungry. We started talking to him. We decided that we would go back outside, and the kid came with us. He asked us if we had a dress shirt, and I said that I didn't know. I looked inside my car and discovered that I had a cream-colored flannel shirt, as well as two corduroy shirts. One of them was pink and was my mother's. The other shirt was blood red. I gave the red shirt to the kid. As I did, it turned into a raincoat or windbreaker. There was a rip on the seam between the hood and the rest of the coat that was almost seven inches long. He said it wasn't really a dress shirt, but was thankful anyways. Just as I was preparing to give him the other shirt, I woke up. I thought I had woken up, reached out and grabbed the tape recorder to do dictation. There was a dream voice message that told me that I was actually still asleep, so then I had to wake up again and officially start the process. David's note. The blood-red raincoat with a seven-inch seam is a potential dream reference to child sacrifice. (laughs) However, I rescued him, fed him, and brought him out. It's, Damn, dude. It sounds like a dumb AI trying to write a Seinfeld episode. These dreams are so long, and I I, I don't know why he couldn't, uh, you know, parse some of this down to be a, a bit quicker to the point. Because he needed to have more pages. Uh, <laughs> This one's fun, too. There's a sentence with the word uh, diamond in it, and David says, quote, I believe Michael is honoring the loss of diamond, a wonderful black leader. <laughs> <laughs> yes, diamond and silk diamond. R.I.P. Uh, David dreams that he's a terrorist. You know, I, I wonder, because he did, you know, he called the FBI and told him that, that there was going to be a bombing in New York. I wonder what would have happened if they'd gone to his house and then found a dream where he wrote About it all out from the perspective of being a terrorist. He probably had gotten him some help. Dream. 
The scenery involved a series of subway sandwich bags. There were many layers of bags. I was trying to push one more bag into the middle of the wad of other bags. This was somehow associated with making a bomb. I was talking to this kid <laughs> who looked scroungy and poor as if he had grown up with a family of alcoholics. I was then talking to an older guy. I discovered this kid was planning on making this bomb and using it against others. I said, how is he going to do this if he is still missing the final ingredient? The guy said that in America, the restrictions on bombs had been greatly loosened, and it was a lot easier to make them. Nice. I, I was pretty shocked when he said that. I then found out that the laws that used to stop people from being able to complete this type of bomb had been changed, and it was more lenient. It was because of this change in the law that this kid could now get the materials. David's note. This is prophetic of the ongoing trouble we are having with Antifa using homemade bombs, <laughs> such as in their recent attacks on the Atlanta Police Training Center. As I again unseal and finalize this book in late May, we have a whole train car of 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate that has gone missing. That's true. This, uh, this is the final part here, and I think it more perfectly summarizes David Wilcock than any. If this book was one sentence, this should be the sentence. So, um, when while he's channeling, David does some word magic. He gets the phrase "absal" a b dash s a l uh, in a reading, but he he says "absal" actually clearly refers to the abducent nerve, which causes facial paralysis from the vaccine, like what uh, Justin Bieber is ah, suffering from, according I to see. him. David, uh, this is how David explains not getting the word abducent, but rather abcel. Quote, I can see that even though I didn't get it precisely, it was close enough that it didn't matter. And I think... There you go. <laughs> that's that close really, enough, okay? I think that pretty accurately sums up everything. Look, like, how accurate do you want prophecies to be? So that's... Uh, I'm an artist, not a scientist. Okay, I like to color outside the lines. We'll stop there for today. I think we've got most of the more... Well, that's not true. I was going to say more of the insane shit out of the way, but no, no. It keeps getting insane. I think it gets a bit easier to track in the back half or either that uh, or by the time I got to this portion of the book, I was so retarded that it started to make more sense. Yeah, it might have just dumbed you down. But uh, fear not, folks. If that... Episode made almost no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Don't right. Worry. Hey, that's right. It made no fucking sense to me either, and I read the whole goddamn thing. Yeah, he's got a weird way of doing that where you ingest information and feel dumber for it. Significantly dumber. Never yeah. have I read so much only to be made significantly stupider. Yeah. All right, uh, patreon.com slash hidden in plain sight pod. We are at hidden in plain sight radio on Instagram. You are at brand steel hidden on Instagram. And we're at the hidden pod on Twitter. And the conclusion of Michael Prophecy's book two, part two. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. We'll be out on Friday. Hootie hoop. Mamba out. <laughs>